The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. We've got Dan. And the Yankees just made a blockbuster trade. This is your breaking news. The Yankees have done it. They've gotten the missing piece. We have Clay Holmes. (laughs) Cash God lurking in the weeds like a ninja. Yeah, that's it. Season's over. Everybody else, pack it up. Bring the rings to New York. Because Clay hey, We've Holmes. been clowning on Cashman. We've been clowning on him. But look, he made the move that we all wanted. He's been lurking in the weeds like everybody said. And he went out and he got his guy. And the World Series is back on. What is, he, what is, this, what is this move? <laughs> How much do the Yankees hate Hoy Park? They refuse to call him up despite having 20 guys basically on the COVID list. They call him up. They give him one at bat in like seven games, and then they trade him to the worst organization ever, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I want to know what Hoy Park did to us that pissed, pissed the Yankees off so much to trade him. I'm not saying Hoy Park's Derek Jeter, right? The guy's batting 327 in AAA. Tyler Wade puts on a Yankees uniform every day and then gets paid American money for that. This guy couldn't get a shot. And we had to trade two guys. Two guys? Yeah, the other guy's good, too. The other guy, Castillo, has an 850 OPS in AAA. They're both putting up good numbers. And we traded for a reliever with a 5.6 ERA. He's got a 5.57 ERA this year, career 4.93. Career negative one war. Like the we, peripherals and the analytics are off the charts. <laughs> are the Pirates making a playoff push that I don't know about? I think they probably just need bodies. I mean, this really feels like... 
it feels like we're selling at like the AAA level. Is this like a like a practice sale? Is this a warm up trade? They're getting the guys loose now. Nah, I mean, the the organization clearly, despite Park's numbers, he was hitting home runs basically every day. Like you said, hitting three thirty. For whatever reason, the analytics department didn't like this guy, and you know that's the end all be all with this franchise. Now the organiz- the analytical team didn't like him. He's gone, and we bring in this shitty reliever, just like we brought in the shitty reliever Wandy Peralta, who also sucks. It's the same same concept. Mike Talkman only gave up one run in relief the other day. So, kind of lost that trade. He could come in and replace Chad Green. He gives up three runs every time he comes in in the ninth inning. I just don't... I don't understand this trade at all. Like, normally there's someone who's on Twitter who's like, no, this is why this is a good trade. I haven't seen it yet. Well, usually they make this bullshit under-the-radar trade on deadline day. Like, we're all waiting for a big trade, and then at 3.30, they make this trade. But but this year, they did it the Monday before the deadline, so the timing's a little weird. Yeah, like, normally it's, oh, hey, we were going to go out and get Cole, and we got Clay Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> Man, this is such a weird feeling. Just... Oh, so I mean, hey, yo, we swept the Phillies. We sw- swept the fuck out of them. That's revenge, yeah, buddy. Re- represent. Do you talk shit to like your buddies from high school? Do you like a little bit? But I'm so like down that I didn't even care. Honestly, all we did was really hold serve. I didn't feel like I was in a position to really talk a bunch of shit. And to be honest with you, I would have traded those two Yankee Stadium wins for the Philly wins. Like the the games in Philly counted a lot more. If they counted sense. more for momentum. They were on a weekend, so you know they yep. count more. Weekend mm-hmm. games always count more. Um, we had drank a lot, so that counts more. Yeah, and we definitely. were there. That when you're there, the game counts ten times as much as if you're watching it on TV. That's a fact. Yeah, but the Phillies stink, and so we went into the week. You thought we'd win one game. Yeah, <laughs> you thought we'd go one and six. I can't count, so I said we'd be about 500 because I thought there was only six games for some Yeah, you said four wins, and they had three. And I said one. So you were closer. No, you I, I had – yeah, I get – well, wait, did they – No, you, had, th- no, you no. had three exactly. I suck at yeah, math, too. I you had, had one Philly win and two Red Sox yeah. wins for three total. So you nailed it. I nailed it, um, and I nailed it because I'm smarter than everyone. But, no, I <laughs> – um, I thought it was just going to be a split split. And as soon as we got the two from the Phillies, like, I'll be honest, there was a part of me that's like, oh, what if we won three this weekend? What if we did? Like, I keep I talk a lot of shit on Twitter, but in my head, I'm insane like the rest of us. And it's just like, yeah, what what if we did win three? There was a point where after we swept Philly, which, by the way, this was despite Aaron Boone, in spite of Aaron Boone, with a 5-2 lead, he brought in Nick Nelson, who promptly let up three runs, and they were lucky to escape with the bases loaded. That was a horrible move. They deserved to lose, but they won. And then going into the ninth inning, they're up 3-1 on Thursday night. You're like, okay, we swept the Phillies. We're going to take the first one here in Fenway. We got Cole going tomorrow. I was having the same conversation in my head that I think every Yankee fan was. I mean, when you go into Fenway, you win the Thursday night game, or you, you think you're going to win the Thursday night game, and you have Cole going Friday. All of a sudden, the wheels start churning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I have rethought, like, how do I re-enter Yankee society? Because I was wrong. 
a lot of times. And the problem is, I'm like, let me think about this in the pool. I always am thinking about it in the pool. And then I get out of the pool, and we have lost. Right? <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that people are always like, well, you're not allowed to come to the parade. You're not going to be able to admit when you're wrong. We would love to be wrong. I will gladly eat shit, pin, pin the tail on my face, whatever you want to do, if we storm back and make the playoffs and have some sick run. That would be an incredible problem. <laughs> I would love to be so fucking wrong. You know how wrong I've been about a billion things and how dumb I've been? And yes, it's not even like if I was ro- to be wrong on this – Something so miraculous would have to happen. Like, we're talking about winning two out of every three for the rest of the season to maybe get into the playoffs and then to get hot in the playoffs and win the World Series. I would gladly be wrong. I would I would skip the parade. Fine. You were right. <laughs> People who have nothing else going on in their lives, so they have to fucking cling on to this season so they have their online friends to fucking tweet at. Great. Good for them. I want them to be right. I want to be wrong. But unfortunately, the Yankees are in between me being wrong. (laughs) And they stink right now. They are. They are. And they were right in position Thursday night. Some people were beating up Boone for not keeping in Sessa, even though he'd only thrown five pitches. I don't think that's fair. Green was the best reliever that they had available that hadn't gone two days in a row. You have to go to him. The issue with Green is he has the Dellen syndrome where he just can't fucking pitch in the ninth inning. You saw it in Houston two weeks ago. He imploded. You saw it Thursday night in Fenway. The ninth inning is different. He can't do it. I think it's clearly obvious. Yeah. And, you know, it's. It was an interesting thing with Dellen, too, where Girardi would would trot him out there for that second inning sometimes, or, hey, we're trying him in the ninth. And I get it. Sometimes you've got to throw him in the ninth because you don't have, you know, Chapman's thrown two days in a row, whatever the case may be. But they would just keep trying with Dellen, and we keep trying with Green. And sometimes you just have to accept that, like, the guy is what he is, and he's really good at that. Like, not every salesperson should be a sales manager. You could be the best salesperson. You don't have to be a sales manager. You could just be really fucking great at that and really help out by filling that role amazingly. Well said. Yeah, can't say it any better. And I would have bent the rule. Obviously, you know, they have this rule where they won't use a reliever three days in a row. And they kind of started this in 2019. And in 2019, they were basically 10 games up the entire year. So they wanted to have this load management rule. They were winning fine. But now when you're desperate for wins, like you got to go to Britain or Chapman there, I think, once Green doesn't have it. And I don't care which one. I don't care who it is. But like those guys are making a combined $34 million a year in Britain and Chapman. Neither of them can pitch three days in a row ever. Like, to me, that that's just not good enough. With the season on the line, if there's a rain out in the World Series, so you lose <laughs> a travel day, and Chapman and Britain have closed out games five and six, they're not available in game seven? Exactly. Exactly. The load management doesn't work when you're 10 games behind. You just can't do it. You Every have game to is desperate. game seven. It's always game yeah. seven. Every game is both a must-win and a can't-lose. I think part of the stubbornness of this organization is they're too stubborn or proud to realize how bad of a position they're in. Like, they don't realize they're a fourth-place team. They think – they must think they're in first place. Well, we're in third place. We're in third place. Uh, I forgot. We're a half game. We're in third place. (laughs) So show the proper respect. Also, shout-out to Peter 
tall you. I don't know. He just happened to tweet at me and asked if we were going to talk about the trade on the pod. So I was like, recording right now, about to shout you out. Fucking like that guy. Boom. 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 That's how it happens. Yeah, I mean, I get that you have a system, and I get staying in the system. When the system works, the system's not working. You've got to get creative with it. You've got, I mean, what is the value of any of these guys if when we need them to do something, they cannot do it? I'm not saying they fail. Like, Green has value. He goes in in the ninth inning. He blows that game. He still has value because that's not his thing. We're asking him to do, you know, something a little extra. He at least shows up and gives it a try. If you're paying a closer $17 million. Highest paid closer in baseball. In American currency. You have to on a Sunday in Fenway when you're eight games back. You have to be able to get more than three outs out of him. When the game is just being choked up. When you, hey, when you have the opportunity to build a real fucking win streak by being available on a third day in a row. You've got to be available. Is it his decision? Is it only Boone's decision? Is it Cashman's decision? I don't know whose decision it is. But for that amount of money, I don't know, man. you got to fucking sub yourself into the game. Yeah, it's terrible. And the sad part about Thursday is Boone had a second chance to do it. You know, they have a lead. They take the lead in the top of the 10th with a sack bunt, sack fly, whatever. And instead of realizing his, his mistake and going to Britton or Chapman, he brings in Brooks Krisky to try to save a one-run lead at Fenway, getting the automatic runner on second. Did he really think that Brooks Krisky was going to trot onto that Fenway mound in front of a sellout crowd in the middle of the night and shut down the heart of the Red Sox order? you got to be fucking kidding me. And then he spikes the first ball to the backstop. I think he threw, what, five wild pitches in that inning? He doesn't go out to talk to him. Matt Blake doesn't go out. They just leave this fucking loser on the island out there. How you don't go to Chapman or Britain there it's disgusting it it makes me sick you know what's trending on Twitter right now what 4.93 ERA (laughs) I'm dead serious Clay Holmes you made it that's his ERA this season his five ERA that's his career he's having his like best year ever wow um yeah I mean you know when you look at I I've talked about it a billion times. It's been the issue with this team big time is like they can't they can't finish a se- uh series, they can't finish a game, they can't have a team on the ropes and just fucking end it. They can't put their foot on their throat and just kill these guys off. And listen, Boone continues to be outmanaged. And I'm not <laughs> even like it's not it's gotten so comical because it's not like, hey, you're getting – he didn't get outmanaged by Alex Cora. Like, he got outmanaged by himself. He, you know, you're not doing basic baseball things. You're not giving yourself – you've got less than two outs and a guy on third set up a double play. Give yourself a shot that you're going to get it. Because even on a fucking ground ball, you might give up the run. That was pathetic on Sunday. And that's the thing. We're not second-guessing Boone. We're first-guessing him. Like he's not realizing things that we're realizing on our couch in the moment. It's not like we're, it's the next day and we're like, oh, he should have done this. He should have done this. He's he's not bringing the infield in. He's not intentionally walking the batter to set up the double play. And everybody questions it on the spot. Like how can we see these things from our couch and he doesn't see it from the dugout? That's that's the scary part. 
And so I, I think it's – we've talked about it before. When someone – you know it if you've ever been fired. You know it if you've seen someone get fired and – you know, it's not like, hey, this one incident happened and, like, you've got to be escorted out. Just, like, over time. Like, salespeople, you see them not hit their numbers and you start to see how they're just kind of trip over themselves. You know, you get in this rut where you just – things keep going wrong and wrong and now you're in your own head. And that's what's happened to Boone. Boone has just – he knows what's on the line and he's simply not responding to it. And it's not even not responding to it, like, setting himself further back because – He's, you know, gonna lose his job. Oh, it's it's obvious. It's it's terrible with him. It, it's hard. It's hard watching him manage. He's he's clueless. And the quote about he had this quote, I guess Sunday, and he was like, you know, we've gotten knocked down this season before, and we bounced back. You haven't bounced back. You're still ten games back. You got knocked down the first week in April and haven't gotten back up. And he keeps talking about adversity, and we're bouncing back. You, you haven't bounced back from shit. It's these rose colored glasses. I think we're all just over at the positive spin. We wanted somebody a little bit more positive a- after Girardi, but this clearly isn't working. And he's too rosy he's too positive for me and i think for everybody it you know i know you like to avoid politics but i tweeted that it just felt like donald trump is managing the yankees when it was just like you were just saying that it's just gonna go away covid's just gonna go away when it gets warmer like that's what he just said to us and it's also donald trump would always say his health care plan we're gonna have it in two weeks he said we're gonna have it in two weeks for four years and that is stanton playing the outfield Every series, it's like, oh, he's about to. He's ramping up. And it's like, why does he even say these things? And you're right, because on, on I think it was Thursday, the press conference, Boone was like, Stanton will get a game in this weekend at Fenway Park. And I, and I tweeted out, left field at Fenway is the shortest distance at any stadium. If you're going to do it, do it here. And they just never did it. So why would we think that he's going to do it in Miami when we're, season's probably going to be over at that point? It's never going to happen. Like, and, and I don't get, when he didn't do it on Sunday, well, Chris Gittens went on the IL. Where does that factor in to him playing left field? I have no idea. I thought they put. I thought they were going to put Stanton in left and put Gary at the DH since he had the sore back. Yeah, but they just had him catch with the sore back, so they had Gary catch with the sore back because. Stanton couldn't play the outfield like the game of musical chairs that results in Stanton not being able to play the outfield is horrible for the rest of the players. Well, and what I'm saying is like, all right, if Gittens doesn't get hurt, were they going to, I guess, probably send down Ryan Lamar for Geo to come back and then Gittens is going to DH? He's batting 111. He's batting 111. I think, he, yeah, I've seen him get one. He had the one home run in Buffalo against the Blue Jays. That's the only hit I've seen him get. Yeah, so when you think about, I don't know, trying to energize your fan base, trying to energize your team, trying to show that you have what it takes to play at you know the, the highest level of the game, which is the World Series, which involves not having a DH at times, you fucking run the guy out there on the easy outfield to play. It's the easiest place to do it in baseball, and we punted that. 
and I get it because some people said, well, how are they supposed to know that it was going to rain and the field would be wet on Sunday? I don't Stop know it. because that's what it was like in Chicago the day before. Being a weatherman is fucking easy as fuck and they're wrong all the time. Just call someone in Minnesota. What happened there today? That's what we're getting tomorrow. That's it. And, we knew it was And to your work. earlier point, what happens if it's drizzling during the World Series? You're going to pull Stanton off the field? I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous. Well, Chapman's not available. We already know that. Right. <laughs> he didn't play the field in Boston. He also hasn't hit at all against Boston. This season against the Red Sox, he's 7 for 45. That's a 156 average with 21 strikeouts and two RBIs, no home runs. Look, the thing about the Red Sox, guys – Devers, Martinez, Bogart, they step up against the Yankees. They hammer the Yankees. You see Devers, how locked in these guys are. And then Stanton, with Judge out at a time when we desperately need him to step up, he, he does shit against the Red Sox. And and that's one of the reasons I think that, I don't know, what are they, 4-10 and 10 against them this season? I think that's a big part of it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Raphael Devers is so good at baseball. He's a, he's an incredible hitter, man. He's, he's so, an incredible hitter. He's so fucking good. He's always smiling. He's I always know. seeing the Red Sox dugout just like having fun, talking about the home runs they just hit to each other. It's just that's what hurts the most. There was a Marley Rivera quote where it quoted a couple of anonymous Yankees and they were like, it's, it's hard looking over there and see how, seeing how much fun they're having. So you're not the only one that, that notices that. The Yankee players notice that. Too. I've got the pulse of this franchise. Yeah. I have my finger on the fucking pulse. Yeah. I mean, listen, Stanton's a big money guy. Stanton is a guy who, you know, should be in the talks for being a captain of any team that he's on, being a leader. And between not playing the field, and this is, you know, in 2018, he had that stretch of 88 straight games with a bad knee because Judge was out. And we're just getting the opposite of that right now. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. And, and like we said, you to win championships, your best players have to have their best seasons against your biggest rivals, the Rays, the Astros, the Red Sox. And he's just not doing it. And I think there wasn't a bat, so many bad at bats, but I think it was Sunday in the seventh inning. He came up, bases loaded. Two outs, they were up 3 nothing, and he had a chance to, you know, basically end the game. And he strikes out on a couple of pitches that were at his feet or behind him, like not even close. And it's just, it's tough when you see some of the, the swings that he takes because he misses the ball by feet up there. I tell you how, like, and, and you know, because you were kind of through the same thing. Like, when the Yankees suck, it's all anyone wants to talk to you about. Yeah. So we go to my brother-in-law's yesterday, and he's just like, ah, oh, how the Yankees doing? And I'm like, you know, we're up one nothing what we suck you know 
And then it gets to like the seventh inning. And now I've got my phone propped up like at the table. And I'm, you know, I'm in the corner. Yeah. I'm, I'm sneaking little looks here. <laughs> and um, he's like, what do you got going on? What's going on? I thought they suck. And I'm like, I don't know. It's Sunday in Fenway and we got no hits going on. And then, yeah, and then we just did what we did. You know, we fucking choked that game up. And it's just so, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing because here's the thing. If, and I know we have this expensive, so we have this expensive bullpen so that we don't have to have our starters go deep, right? Yep. But we can't really rely on the bullpen at times because sometimes they're slumping lately. But at the same time, we know that we need more out of our starting pitching because the bullpen at times struggles and we need to show that we have the depth that you need to go in postseason. So when a starter is under 100 pitches, has given up one hit, has a four-run lead, maybe you don't pull him. Maybe you let the guy go out there. You show some confidence in the guy one time. But instead, we go to the pen and we leave guys out there to die. I like it's a matter of guys like not stepping up and not delivering in their role. I get that. I don't know. Give Herman more than one hit. Yeah, no, for sure. He'd only thrown a hundred pitches, and remember, he'd been used as reliever. He hadn't made a couple of starts recently. Like he hasn't thrown a lot. He's fresh. He didn't pitch last a guy year. who like we were counting innings in yeah twenty nineteen. It was like, oh, you know, how many innings is he going to have left? Now the guy hasn't done anything in forever. He's showing us something. Give him a fucking shot. Because if we're going to make this miraculous turnaround, we're going to need starts like that. We're going to need guys who can go out there and get us eight innings besides Cole. Yeah, and that's the shame of it is Tyone and Herman were brilliant this weekend. Tyone went, I think, seven innings, three runs. Herman took a no-hitter into the eighth. They, they were awesome, and we got one win out of the four game series. And I think, you know, you kind of alluded this to this, but it's a combination. It's a combination of guys not doing their jobs and Boone not putting them in the best position to win. And also he has no feel for when guys are struggling to go get them or go talk to them. Like you said, he just leaves them out there to die. Even if they're spiking pitches to the backstop, it's like, how does he not have that feel to see that? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, I think he's lost the team. Oh, that's obvious. That's, that's painfully obvious for sure. For sure. And the Red Sox, like people are like, oh, but the Yankees could have easily won three out of these four. Well, they didn't. You know why? Because the Red Sox are a better team and better teams find ways to win these close games, these 50-50 games. That was Thursday night. Friday night was a, all four of these games were 50-50 games. And the Red Sox are a better, tougher team. And they found out a way to win three of them. It's that simple. I have to find it. Um, there's that dude, Batista. Yeah. On Yankees Twitter. He tweeted something out yesterday. Why can't I fucking find him? Just talking about like the games that we have lost, right? And, you know, games that we've blown when we've had the lead in the eighth inning, games that have been tied when it's gone further, and like just we've lost like fifteen games where we've either been tied or had the lead after the eighth inning. Right? Yeah. And the end result is that People just start tweeting like, well, if we got half of those, like it'd be a different season. And people try to find all the spin of that. And all you're saying, you're using a lot of words to say, if we were a better team, we'd be a better team. We, yeah. we, 
we wouldn't blow these games if we were a better team. We wouldn't, you know, we'd be able to close out and sweep teams if we were a better team. We are the team that we are. We are about four games over 500. As the season progresses, you know, if you do the math on it, what would we probably finish, what, six games over 500? Yeah. That's a great season in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh. But, you know, that's, that's all it is. And that's what this season is. And I think we're, what are we, three and a half back from the second wild card? Three and a half back of the second wild card and nine and a half back in the division. Yeah, I, I mean, the division's not even a fucking conversation. Because here's the thing. You're right. If you look at it, we don't even have to get super hot to get the second wild card. Like, we could play. We don't it's have to take win. like ninety three wins. I think ninety three, ninety four wins. They'd have to. They'd have to go on a pretty, pretty big run and pass. I think three or four teams: Seattle, Oakland. There's a bunch of teams. No, ahead there's of only them. one team. Uh, there was two teams ahead of us. Okay, um, I'm pulling it up the standings right now. But it's like Seattle's right ahead of us. Like that's it's Seattle, and then maybe it's Cleveland. Let's see. My fucking Oakland's got to be ahead of us. Oh, no. So Oakland currently has the second wild card card spot. The Mariners are a game and a half back from them. And we're three and a half back. Then Toronto's four. Indians are five. RIP to the Indians. Um, I mean, the Angels are five and a half back. And they're getting Trout back. But under this system, most teams stay in this race, too. It's the problem with this system. I mean, we're letting everybody into the playoffs. So. We can make a run, and it doesn't even have to be a super dramatic run because Oakland and Seattle could kind of cannibalize each other if they just kind of, like, split. If you look at the teams that are in playoff spots and how we play against them, we get our fucking dicks kicked in. Oh, yeah. Like, people keep saying, I don't see a team in the American League that could beat us if we got in the playoffs. I mean, look at... Every series against Boston and Tampa, we're not winning a seven-game series against those teams. No, they're not going to win a one-game wild card at the Trop either. Can you imagine what a disaster that would be? I don't care if Cole's going. He'll go six innings, one run or whatever, and the Rays relievers will shut us down and lose one nothing or something. They are not winning a wild card game at the Trop. Oh, my God. A wild card game at the Trop, and they'll just like trot out some dude in the eighth inning who's like pudgy as shit, throws 104 miles an hour, and it's, he's making his MLB debut. It's just like, yeah. here's his debut in the playoffs. They'll throw eight different relievers over nine innings and, and shut us down. Yeah. Yeah. Not even worth it. Or, or the wild card game would be at Fenway. They, the, the Fenway meltdowns are just – there's something that – there's like an extra level of brutality to them, like an extra level of pain. I don't know what it is, but it feels like they always just get walked off at Fenway. Yeah. I mean it's just the – they've gotten in more and more embarrassing and more and more painful, the losses. Like it's not – like go out th- if you're gonna lose, go out there and get blown out and give me my weekend. Oh, for sure. And they have, th- I think it, they have three losses where they've going into the eighth inning, they've led by four runs or more, and that's the most they've had since 1993. Like you're supposed to have maybe one of those losses a year, and they've had. It seems like uh, only three of those, but it seems like there's been five or six devastating meltdowns. You're not supposed to have any of those when you spend thirty million dollars for your eighth and ninth inning. That's true. That's true. I'm willing to give them one. But, I mean, come on. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, we've seen some signs of life out of Tyone. 
Herman looked good. So, like, it gives you hope for, like, a future that maybe these guys can figure it out. But, again, I need to see this for, like, a long period of time. I need to see, like, a decent season, not three good starts after you get chased in the first inning in Philly. Yeah, my next comment was going to be uh, the stat that I saw was since the Philly start, he Tyone has a 2.9 ERA. It's like, great, man. Where were you when me and you were taking those JMO shots at 11 a.m.? With Dan. Dan was there with us. He with was doing Dan, shots. Begging, begging for a quality start. You were nowhere to be found. And now, and it, it just fits in with that too little, too late. It's the same thing with Glaber. Now he's kind of getting it together, you know, three months after the season started. And the guys that were playing well in the beginning, like Chapman, have slumped. And they're just not on the same page. They're just not clicking. No one's fine on the stream. So someone had tweeted, uh, I think you, you retweeted it, about the our record compared to 2016. Yes, we're, yes. At this point in the season, 98 games, we're one game better than that team. Yeah. Oh, I think all we need is Joey Gallo and Trevor Story. And Trevor Story is going to play center field, which he's never played before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, we're going to get Trevor Story. He's a great shortstop. But you know what? We're, we're putting him in center. Like, what the fuck is the plan? You know what's so frustrating about this deadline is that 2019 and 2020, we were actually kind of good. And we were begging for a move. We were like, all right, we're a 100-win team. And a move puts us over the top. And Cash was like, nah, we'll just let it ride. Now that we're an 82-win team, he wants to go all in and get us to an 86-win team. I'm convinced he's just content on building an ALDS roster. And once he has an ALDS-level roster, he's good. Because that's... That's the vibes that I'm getting. I don't think he's content with it. I just think he's lost touch. I think he's lost okay. touch with the game and what you need to like to build a successful team and really an organization as a whole because you do need that. You need the depth of some guys who can come up from AAA later in the season. Like You need that whatever it is. If it's a reliever that fucking can eat up some innings late in the season and contribute to that, we never have that. Instead, we're sending Hoy Park – to a guy and like, hey, Holmes, I see he gets a lot of ground balls, which, hey, it's about time someone else had a triple play, had a double play in a game, you know, and besides us hitting into them. Um, and we really haven't had that. Like, we have the Scranton shuttle, and we know who these guys are because they come up, they stink, and we send them right back down. And that's the only reason why we know who they are. We need to develop a system where come July – there's a prospect that's getting a call up, not because of like a catastrophic injury and we've got to try to bring him up earlier than anticipated, um, but because, like, hey, he's ready. It's time. This guy can contribute at the major league level, and we just don't that's, have that. That's the key. Contribute. Be healthy and contribute because for the past three years, that name has been Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt's our best pitching prospect. Clark Schmidt's going to come up and eat innings. Clark Schmidt's this. He, he finally, I think, threw today after in February, they said he'd be shut down three to four weeks. So yes. six months, six months later, he finally threw a bullpen or whatever. Like, I don't want to hear in the offseason. Oh, Clark Schmidt's a contender for the rotation. Clark Schmidt's going to do this. The guy doesn't fucking pitch. He doesn't pitch. Half of our prospects are injured anyway. I looked at his stats earlier today, too. And like in the major leagues, he's not been great thus he's far. It's been what? Like five, he threw five or six innings last year. But yeah, the point is, games, the guy doesn't even get innings. out there. Yeah. 70 RA, 1.8 whip, 4-3 FIP for the nerds. Make them happy. Let me see. I'll find something with an X in front of it and tell you that's that. Ooh. Oh, well, his, his <laughs> lowercase W, lowercase A, lowercase A, capital WL percentage is uh, 
445. Is that good? I don't even know what that is. Win loss at, at with average team. Whatever. This guy stinks. Terrible. And Davey stinks. I think Davey is up to like an eight ERA. Is he alive? Triple A. He's still around? <laughs> Little Pedro with the eight ERA at Scranton. Superstar. S- playing so poorly this year, he's not even coming up in trade talks. No, we we call and we even caught up Asher Wojcikowski instead of him and cut him the next day. Yeah, Davy's really Davy's really falling off. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so there are people who think we should buy. Yeah, let's do this. Okay, <laughs> Deb, you're ready for a fight. Yeah, no, nah, we need we need to shut these people down. We're four moves away, probably from winning a okay, championship. Okay, what are your like, four they moves? Need, they need a shortstop. They need another reliever. They need a center fielder, and they need another starter. So those are my four moves. I have said for a long time that we could get a shortstop. Part of it, you know, I wanted to get Lindor, trade Judge, and I think that Glaber could play the outfield. And people thought it was insane, and now we're going to trade for Trevor Story well into his <laughs> career, also a shortstop, and move him to center field. Okay. Here's – all right. So – one, I'm starting to worry that Hal is in like a Britney Spears type like situation <laughs> where he's yeah. being held hostage and, you know, he inherited his dad's money. And I think maybe Brian Cashman may like have something on him. He like blink twice if you don't feel safe, Hal, like something weird going on. But if he doesn't have a free Britney type situation where this conservatorship of Brian Cashman running your team for you. I think it's a very simple conversation. Let's say Brian Cashman negotiates a trade, right? And he's got a trade for Joey Gallo, Trevor Story, one of the two, right? We'll say those are the top two guys that he'd want to get. So let's say he figures out, I don't even care who's in the trade. I'm Hal Steinberg. Brian Cashman comes to my office, goes, Hal, I got a trade. We got it for story. We've got Gallo, whatever it is. We're giving us not even a bad trade. We're not even giving up, you know, mini Pedro or whatever. <laughs> I think the trade all hinges on a very simple question. If Brian Cashman wants to, to go out and buy, will we win the World Series if you make this trade? And if Brian Cashman says, oh, I think it's going to, you know, I think it makes us better, puts us in a better position, that is not the answer. Because I If Brian Cashman wants to buy, I think it's very simple. You can go out and buy. You're the general manager. You're the president of this team. But if we do not win the World Series, I don't care if we make the World Series. I don't care if we get to Game 7 at ALCS. If we do not win the World Series, you are fired. That's it. How much do you believe in this team that now you're going to go out and spend my money Go over the luxury tax. You'll go over the luxury tax when you're not a half back in the division. Go over the luxury tax. You have to win the World Series. Anything short is catastrophic failure. It's not just failure. The regular, oh, we didn't win the World Series. It's failure. Catastrophic because you've now traded away prospects. We're in the luxury tax. That compounds over time. So it hurts us for future years trying to reset the tax. And now we are not competitive for three years. Yeah, well said. And Trevor Story does not turn us into a World Series team. I think everybody knows that. Now, look, if you want to trade for him and then extend him and you want to make him the shortstop, I mean, fine. I'd rather have Corey Seager. But to just give up prospects for him for a rental to go from 83 to 85 wins is fucking stupid. 
also, like, people, I've seen people say, like, this trade isn't even about this year. It's about the future. His contract is expiring. You can buy him for the same amount of money it would cost you, but without prospects in the offseason. But he's still also right-handed. Exactly. He also strikes out a ton for yeah. a shortstop. So I don't know what I, like he'll improve the defense. And I tweeted it'd be nice to have a real shortstop. But if you're going to spend on one of these shortstop, Corey Seager is obviously the guy being left handed. I don't know. Like they're, the Rays are still going to be able to throw a bunch of righties out of the pen to shut us down in the seventh, eighth and ninth innings, even if we have Trevor Story. Like, like he's right handed. You're right. It doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense. And it really doesn't make a ton of sense to, like you said, give up prospects for a guy that you can just buy and outbid everybody anyway. Based on, one, just reality, just me being in touch with reality, and the trade that we saw today, I think people are just throwing out the Yankees' name. I don't think that we're – I don't think we're the favorite to get Gallo. I don't think we're the favorite to get Story. There are teams that are a piece or two pieces away that have way better prospects than we do. That should offer way more than we do. Yeah, I agree. The same and the Rockies teams, are obviously going to sell. Like anyone who says well, you could trade Aaron Judge to the Padres, to the Giants, to the Dodgers, why can't Joey Gallo go there? Yeah, great point. And Gallo's pretty much the same situation. Sky high. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much the same guy with less injuries. The Padres are getting somebody. They're always they're. I mean, they already got what was it Adam Frazier? I think yeah. in Pittsburgh. But they're super aggressive. You could see them making another move. And look, they're not waiting in the weeds, lurking like a ninja. They're just going out and fucking making moves. How about that? What a concept! Yeah, just go out there and set the market. I just can't see. I just can't see a way where it makes business sense. And I get it. I'm a passionate Yankee fan. The reason I'm here talking about this is because I'm passionate about this team. But you have to be realistic at times. And the idea that this team is going to win the World Series is just like so insane. So insane. So insane. It's the blinders, man. Like you said, it's it's just the fans. We grow up with the team. We love the team. And some people just can't take the blinders off. But when you watch – what I don't understand is everybody that wants to buy and thinks thinks we can win, you know, you're watching this team every night. You're watching them make the same mistakes on the bases, the same bullpen bluffs. They're not improving. They're not improving in the areas that they suck. Like it's not like they're turning any kind of corner or they've improved in any areas. It's the same shit that we saw in April. So what are people seeing that makes them believe that they're, they're a Trevor Story away from, from holding a trophy up? Blind faith. Just <laughs> – if, hey, if I think really hard about how good they could be, they'll be that good. That's I really guess. what it comes down to. And, I mean, we've got three at the trop. Ugh. Yeah. There's no glass now, right? He's still out. He's still out. I mean. You I have Montgomery, Cole, and. You need a you need a sweep to stay alive. <laughs> sweep at the drop. That's a good one. You have to go out there and you have to sweep the Rays on trade deadline week. Who just added Nelson Cruz? Who kills us? He had a walk off homer against us 
let's not forget, in Minnesota a month ago. Absolutely hammers the Yankees. Before we get to even Thursday, like they pro- are probably going to add pitching. They're going after Charlie Morton. They're trying to bring him back. Atlanta's and they're going after Scherzer, apparently. Yeah. Like, we may have to face Max Scherzer this week at the Trop. It's a no-hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dan, aren't you going to the game on Thursday at the Trop? Yeah, I'm kind of rethinking that now. At least it's a cold game. You picked the right one. Yeah, it's a day game, too, so that's nice. How long is that drive? Three hours. Not too bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. A little day trip. What do you go across ten or across four? Uh, usually four, but traffic's pretty bad, so there's yeah, some we, back roads to get there. Uh, yeah, What's the bar scene like outside of the trap? What? No idea. There is not one. Okay. Yeah, there it's in a terrible none. location. It sucks. I know a guy who lives down there who he just he charges his Tesla there at the parking lot, <laughs> and he goes, "It sucks because there's nothing to do." So I just have to sit in my car. Like there's a like St. Pete has there's a bit of a scene there. I've gone to like some breweries there, but no, there's nothing like there is no like bar across the street. Have you never been to the Trop? I've never been to the Trop. I've been to Yankee Spring Training, the complex, but I've never there's been a strip to club the across the street from there at least. Yeah, Mons Venus. Yeah, but like no, there's an even like smaller, seedier one. Oh, um, there is. Oh, but, scores. No, I forget the name of it. Uh, okay. Maybe it scores. I don't know. Yeah. I parked in their parking lot one time. Um, nice. Yeah, no, there's nothing in Tampa. There is just, <laughs> there's absolutely no, like, when I say nothing, I'm not like, oh, it's like a bad scene. I, it's like City Field. There is no option, but there's not even a McFadden's like attached to the stadium. There is nothing to do there besides go to the game. So if you want to drink, you go inside and buy go inside. $15 beers and drink them in the stadium. They're probably they actually, they have good prices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the trap. I mean, because it's all old people. You're not getting a lot of, you know, you're trying to get some a couple blue hairs out there to uh, buy something. They also have like all you can drink tickets too. That's when you know it's a fucking party of a stadium. It's crazy hearing about the all you can drink, all you can eat deals from other places because we just don't have them. Like Baltimore has an all you can eat thing. You just mentioned the all you can drink thing in Tampa. We just don't do any of those specials. But it's yeah. crazy when I hear about them from other teams. No, so there is there is a like all you can. I, I don't know. I should know. I'm supposed to be the food guy. But when we went to that Red Sox game and we were in Delta, the um, Chris there told me like they it's a thing they added this year they have some kind of all you drink thing it's kind of new um because even like legends you're paying a thousand dollars you get food you you can't you still gotta pay for drinks oh i'm surprised i haven't gotten 75 emails about that if if that's something new they rolled out because the yankees i haven't seen anything ever i said i even said to him i was like i haven't heard anything about this anywhere yeah no i mean so I, i like realistically Anything less than a sweep is, I mean, that's got to be more people saying something. Like, I know the season's done. Yeah, assuming they, let's say they win one, that puts them at 52 and 49. So they're three, they're three games over 500 at the deadline. That's not enough to buy. We, we know the season's over. We knew it. I think for me and you is that it was the week between when we went to that awful Red Sox Friday night game. And then the next weekend was the f- we got swept in Philly. Like that was the time where I knew, like, all right, this isn't happening. And not everybody's had that moment yet, but they will. Yeah, it's it, it was. That's when it clicked to just like, 
it went from like we might not win the World Series, like this is going to be tough, to like we need to sell, like we need to let's be proactive about this. It was a weird swing because there was the stretch in late May where I think they went. They had a stretch where they won 23 out of 30. Kluber threw the no-hitter. The rotation was on fire. I think they got to within two games of the Red Sox. Like, oh, we're, we're going to be fine. And then June came. We got swept by the Red Sox, and everything just tanked from there. Yeah. We've finally got our run differential to uh, five. But again, I mean, Blue Jays' run differential? It's like plus 90, and we're plus five or something. They're so much plus better. Plus 86. Than us. They're gonna ahead of, yeah, they're going to finish ahead of us for sure. <laughs> the Mariners are ahead of us. They're at minus 52. That's weird. Yeah, that's really weird. But, like, again, you look, I feel like I get on here every week, and it's like, whatever the week is that we had, oh, we did this this week, we went, you know, we went, you know, 500 this week. The last 10 games, five and five. Five and five. Five and five. We continue to play over the stretches worse than we have played as, like, on the whole of a season. Like, there is not, there's not that seven and three week. There's not that eight and two week where it's like, oh, well, there you go. That's a sign of something. We're playing 500 no. baseball. None at all. And going into last week, you said the worst thing that could happen would be splitting in Fenway. And they were three outs away basically from doing that. Is there any part of you that's like, you know what? It's better that they lost on Sunday. No, I'm never going to cheer against the Yankees. I, okay. I can't do it. I've thought about it. My wife has asked me. She's like, are you? Because I'm still, I'm still fucking hate watching. Yeah, oh, me too. Like, I still have it on. I mean, we all do. We're fucking sickos. If you're listening to this and you're watching the games and you're feeling like a fucking weirdo, like, we're all doing it because we're all fucking losers. Uh, I mean, it's on the second TV, but still. Um, and my wife has asked, like, are you like, you want them to lose now? And I'm just like, no, I don't. I want them to win. I want them to win every game. But being rational trying to put on an entertaining show i can't i can't come on here and be like oh we got hope i know a lot of other shows are doing it i'm not even trying to like shade them that's their thing uh we got hope what if we turn it around we've got luke void on the show today or you know we've got tyler wade's haircut whatever that's not us i'm we're trying to come to you as the same frustrated fucking fans who even though this team is Four games over 500. They've been 500 for their last 10 games. Probably 500 for their last 20. Like they just, It just keeps going, being mediocre, blowing these games. It's frustrating. And I think the best way to make things better, and this is the last time I get to say this, before the trade deadline. So I wanna, I'm going to go down. I'm going down the same way I've been for a long time. If I get on this fucking call next week and Aaron Judge is still a New York Yankee, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. So fucking pissed. And we don't even know, like, he's going to Tampa. He might, I think he's out for a long time, too. So I question if he's vaxxed. Um, they're going down to Tampa. He's supposed to be available who knows what the fuck that even means anymore? he's not playing tuesday let's get that out of the way he's oh no i know not tuesday. tuesday i know tuesday's not an option but oh, like okay. is that wednesday is that thursday is he available off the bench like what are we even showcasing here and then that's it because before the game on friday night the trade deadline will have come and gone and i think if we still have uh 
Aaron Judge, Araldus Chapman, Zach Britton, Gary Sanchez. If we still have all of those guys on the team, it is going to be a rough couple of years. Yeah, next year's really going to suck because you're going to have Britton and Chapman on the hook for another $34 million, and you're going to have Judge and Sanchez in their walk years with uncertain futures. Like next year could be next year could be really bad. Next year could be worse. Yeah. And Judge, Judge is going to he's Aaron Judge is having a great season. I think he's selfish. I don't think he cares about the team. I think he's a moron. But guys having a great season. Arbitration not going to be friendly if we have to go to it. So we're going to have to end up paying him some money. That is going to be ugly. He'll get like he'll pro- they'll probably settle around fifteen million or something. But yeah, next year. I mean, next year could more sell. money. It's still more money he's making this year. We didn't win a World Series when he cost six hundred grand. Uh, that was our best chance to too in twenty seventeen. Yeah. And we're gonna, you know what we're going to hear this offseason though. Severino's going to come back. We've been hearing for four fucking years that Sevy's going to come back and, and save the day. Like go out and get real pitching this offseason. Please don't tell me that you're counting on Luis Severino to come back as a two starter. Scherzer's going to be out there. There's going to be other guys out there over the winter. Show you mean business. Sign Corey Seager. Sign a real legit number two starting pitcher. But yeah, to run it back with the same Judge Sanchez crew, just the same cast of characters, it's not going to work. I think if we keep all those guys that I mentioned, and I'm not saying every one of them has to go because the trades have to be there. Someone has to want them, you know. Um, but if we are carrying the, all those salaries, you're not. We're not getting Corey Seager. No, you're right. We're not going out, even, and though, get, even though he's and the getting, perfect fit. Yeah, we're not going and getting Trevor Story. We're not going out and getting a big name free agent if you ru- are running back a team that's right up against the luxury tax right now. That's only going to arbitration up more money. And that goes back to what you said. You said Cashman has lost the feel of how to build a team. A smart GM does not spend $34 million on two relievers. Think about what they could do. If Let's just say you magically get rid of Britton and Chapman tomorrow. You could sign Corey Seager for $25 million a year or whatever and another stud somewhere. Yeah. But instead, they have these two relievers. I'll be, they're question marks. These aren't even like lockdown stud relievers. Britain has no command. Chapman's all over the place. And we're paying him $34 million. You think about the other things they could do with that money. And that goes back to why we blame Cashman more than Hal. It's like you're not allocating the $200 million properly. You, you get rid of those guys. You go out. You get Seeger. Let's say 25 mil. Maybe we backload the contract. Whatever. 25 sure. mil. You've got Kluber coming off the books. This is another 11 you've got to play with. You could find with the $20 million between Kluber and what's left from those guys, you could find two good pitchers. Oh, yeah. Like really good pitchers. Now you've got Glaber Torres as your right fielder. Stanton has to play left field or you have to shoot him. You just have to get someone to shoot him and yeah. go to jail for a bit, and that's fine. Don't snitch. Your family's taken care of. Um. And you got to hope for something out of out of Hicks next year, because <laughs> I don't know that you'll go out and get a shortstop unless you have Florial. If we're going to let him fucking develop and be the guy, maybe you move Hicks to left. Yeah, I'm get, making Hicks the left fielder next. You get Stanton. Sure. I mean, Stanton has to play some outfield. You just have to keep those muscles going. And now, like you know, hey, it's not the is it the best lineup in the world? Maybe, maybe not. You got to figure out first base because Luke Voigt's not that guy. He's not. He's Great not. Guy. Anthony Great Rizzo. Player. Anthony Rizzo is a name that that I think. I don't know if he's a free agent this year or next year, but he's left-handed. 
great guy. Perfect swing for Yankee Stadium. Actually plays. I think that could be a name that could be in play. Oh my god, great! It's a shame with Voight, man. Like the guy just has. He is like you said. He is a great guy. He's a great team. It just hasn't fucking played all year. Yeah. Like you can't go into next year counting on him and Hicks. Tries guys that just don't play. Yeah. Tries to get back. Like all. Like there's. I never question like what Voight's doing while he's injured. Aaron Judge won't even t- Instagram post a video until I call him out for not being a good leader. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think this is um, – yeah, Rizzo's a free agent. The Cubs are about to have a fire sale. Yeah. That's the other thing. They got Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. Baez. These guys are going to be available. So we're not the only ones out there. That's the other tough thing. Like, there are other teams with very good players that are going to be making moves. That's why I think we need to strike fast. And Cashman doesn't go a millimeter over what he thinks is the right price or the right value. Like if Boston's offering more, they'll get the guy that they want. Cashman never ups his offer with prospects if another team does. He just doesn't do it. He, he admits it after the deadline. It's another, um, it's another reason why I think he has to go. Like when you're just in the job for too long, you're in that procurement role for too long, people have a set way that they're going to work with you. You're right, man. Dan, you got some, you got some trivia? little segment today? I do. Uh, this question, a little different. It's a little weird. All right. Um, so on March March 4th, 1974, that's during spring training, two Yankees pitchers Love held a this. press conference. They held a press conference, and they announced something like very odd. So who were the pitchers, and what did they announce? I don't remember their names, but this is when they traded families. Wife swap, yeah, it's a wife. It wasn't swap even a wife swap; yeah. it was full on families. Yeah, one of the Mike. couples is still together. Yep, it's Mike Kachek or Kichek and Fritz Peterson. They swa- uh, swapped wives, and then they swapped families, and even the dogs. Jeez, that's savage. They, Throwing they in the dogs a, is savage. What a press conference to announce it. The whole story with that too. It's like. We were out to dinner or whatever, and then we joked, like, oh, let's just swap wives for the drive and then, like, for the ride home. And then, like, the other couple just just showed up, like, three hours later and was just like, yeah, like, we've just been, like, fucking. Now we're together. <laughs> and how long did it last? So, um, One of the couples is still together. Yeah. Well, oh, like, they never switched back? No, no, no. This one was couple, like, yeah. One couple fizzled out quickly is what it says, and then the other ones are still married. Yeah. So, oh like, what God. happens to the other family? It's just the same as, like, let's say, like, you and Jamie hang out with whatever couple you hang out with all the time. Like, you've got a coworker who's married, and you guys just happen to get together a lot. And then over the course of, like, two years, you realize, like, I'd rather be with her. She'd rather be with him. They'd rather be together. And they just, like, did it. They tried to make it sound very natural, and word got out about it. So they had a press conference. Press conference. During oh, spring training. During the Steinbrenner years, too. That must have been electric. Was George there? George probably had to watch or get, like, first shot. Prima Nocta. <laughs> that is good trivia. That's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, that's fun stuff. That's the fun side of baseball. <laughs> really? That's that? And what is it? Teixeira and McCann or stepbrothers? Wait, What? It's either I think it's Tashera's mom and McCann's dad have gotten to get got married like like maybe like five years ago. Dan will find it. He's looking it up. What? I think it's Tashera and McCann. Yeah, our stepbrothers. And they All play. Right, so how do um, I not know this? Mark Tashera and Brian McCann will soon be stepbrothers. Brian McCann's <laughs> mother Sherry revealed Wednesday she's marrying Mark Tashera's father John. 
It's yep. winter while standing in line with bleacher. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. Makes sense. Two like military boring white guys, you know, probably similar similar families, similar yeah. backgrounds. That's a fun fact. I had no idea about that. Yeah. Teammates for what three seasons? Yeah. That's I mean, that's a good one. That's weird. I guess I wonder that's if that's how they met. I'm sure that I'm sure they met at Yankee Stadium, you would think. Who's uh or maybe Garrett Cole's sister married to? Uh, so Garrett Cole's, Cro- it's Brandon Crawford is Garrett Cole's wife's brother. It's their brother-in-law's. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. They go to the all-star game. They hang out as family. It's That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's fun. I just saw some TikTok and it's like from Philly and it's a guy getting fired. It might not even be real. Um, but it's a guy like getting fired from like a construction job. And he's like, Hey, it just didn't work out. You know, heavy Delco. And the guy's like, all right. He's like, I know the real reason, though. And he's like, what? He's like, because every Friday after I get my check, I go down the show and tell and get a lap dance from your fucking daughter. And he's like, I don't need to hear that shit here at work. Like, I was like, oh, man, I hope that's real. Like, I kind of want to go to show and tell on Friday. I know, like, who's the chick from TikTok? I went there once. We did, We used to do, like, college uh College outings, like we'd have pledges drive from Delaware. Yeah, you and, could fucking was, bring a keg. You could roll a keg. Yeah, in it was there. BYOB. We'd bring a keg, and the, yeah, they, you were allowed to bring a keg, and it was unreal. It was unreal. Yeah, I was. I went there. I've probably been there like three times, but the first time I went there, it was my buddy Lions, who we do Lions Day for. Yep. Shout to Summer Lions Day. First Summer Lions Day happening not this weekend, but the next weekend. Um, and he was like, "Yo, my brother's turning 18. So I want to like have him come in from Lancaster and we're going to take him to show and tell. And I was just like, I don't really know this dude. Like, I don't know your brother. I don't really care. Like, I don't care at all. Like, it's not even like I'm like some of my friends, like I know their brothers. Like, you know, I don't even know your brother. But like, yeah, I'll go to show and tell. Like, no problem. We went in there and it was like dead. It was, I guess, early on a Friday. It was probably only like eight o'clock. One chick was just laying on the stage, just scratching her pussy. Like, that was it. Like, she just got an itch. I was like, I, this is not for me. I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice visual. Yeah, what? we go there, and then we go to Pat, like Pat's Geno's or whatever, and then head back to Delaware. Fun, oh. fun Brotherhood Unity events. Fuck yeah. Um, we did learn right before we started recording that Dan, intern Dan, has been on every roller coaster in the state of Florida. That's facts. What a weird... You know in Montana, there's only two escalators in the whole state? No way. Yeah. You know there's only 25 blimps in the world? Yeah. I knew that. Dude, where are you? you're coming out with facts. Do you know there are... 25 blimps? Did you know there are only 13... Oh, no, there are only 14 lesbian bars in the United States? That kind of makes sense. But a million gay bars, I'm sure. The 15th one was in Philly, and it closed like during COVID. So, like, Woody's only counts as a gay bar. That's a gay bar. bar. It's not a lesbian bar. bar. No. Like, there was one in Philly called, like, Sisters or something like that. Like, it's got to be, like, going to, you know, where we're trying to go for a certain market. How many guys do you think try to, like, go in there and, like, pick up some lesbians and, like, have a threesome and got shut down every time? Probably, yeah. Probably, like, a a billion. Like, all the time. (laughs) They probably have a way to suss that out, like, the second you walk in the door. Yeah. Like, there's probably just someone who's just like, no leave i'd love to hang out in a lesbian bar 
just fucking talk sports, hang out. That sounds pretty fun. No pressure. Sure they got the games on. Yeah. You ever gone to a gay bar? I've been to Woody's once. Yeah, I've been. We walked by like one time, and it was like happy hour, dollar beers, and it was with Lions, and I was like, dude, let's go in there and get some fucking dollar beers. So like, just went in and just started drinking beers at at a gay bar because they were a dollar. And he's a very good-looking guy, so people started talking to him. Like, no one wanted to fuck me. So that hurt my ego, but whatever. Jamie has this, like, kind of gay best friend that took us to Woody's. He's like, I promise, I promise it's fun. And he took us upstairs, and it's actually like a club up there. Oh, yeah. They have strobe lights. They got smoke. They had a sick DJ. I was like, I had no idea this was up here. The only people who think, like, gay bars are weird that are straight guys, well, these guys are going to try to fuck me. No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're not at all. They're not at all. We did. I went on a bar crawl. I go on a Hanukkah bar crawl. Well, I don't anymore because I'm a dad. But I used to go on a Hanukkah bar crawl. I'm also not Jewish at all. Um, but I know these people, and they do a bar crawl in Philly. And the bars would start with like the letters of Hanukkah. So it starts with the C, H, okay. whatever. Yeah. And I forget where on which one we ended up, but we ended up like in a gay bar. And um, I was wearing this thing of like christmas lights like around my neck like i really stood out and a guy bought me a drink and it's probably like the biggest high like in my life my wife was right there too and i was just like this is fucking sick like this guy just bought me a drink i didn't shut i was drunk i didn't shut up about it the rest of the night i was like guy fucking bought me a drink like he was a cute guy too like <laughs> my wife had a certain point just like fuck it what are you what is going on here Trying to make her a little jealous. I'm not crazy about uh, bar crawls. I feel like every time I get into a groove at, at the bar, it's like, all right, time to go to the next bar. Like, I kind of like what you do with Lions Day. Like, I get somewhere, I get settled, and start drinking. I'm not crazy about hopping around all day. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's why, like, I would never organize one. But, like, occasionally I'll do one. Like, if someone's yeah. doing it, it depends who's running it, too. Like, I know people are running a tight ship. Like, if I can get on a rhythm, you deliver that cadence. I can yep. do that. I can drink to that cadence. But if it gets like all over the place or we end up, you know, behind schedule snow, it's like we got four minutes at this bar and it's like, yeah, well, then, we're not, then yeah, we're not here. Then we're not here. We I didn't come here. I can't do that. I can't, can't deal with it. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we got. I mean, next week is going to a oh, motherfucker, man. The mayor de Blasio's on City Island where I grew up. That guy sucks. It's yeah. Fucking worse. Someone should hit him with a fucking tray at Johnny's Reef. Um. Hey, that's all we got for this week. We're going to see. It's going to be an interesting, interesting week. Dan will be uh, tweeting live from the game Thursday. Cole Scherzer, that's going to be sick. (laughs) Cole, Charlie Morton, that's going to be sick. Can't wait. Um, You can follow. Let's start with Dan. Dan, where can we follow you on Twitter? Juicy99. Fuck yeah, you can. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod. Nick, where do we follow you? And Kirby NYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx if you want to see me fight with people about the trade deadline for the next week. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be, but we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.